Welcome to Victory Today. Great that you could join us. You know, we're talking about something you can absolutely put into practice because right now we're talking about how to get victory over the storms of life. How to get victory over life's storms. Now, notice I didn't say how to live a storm-free life or how to ensure that you never get hit with an unexpected storm, because friend, that is not reality, okay? While we are living down here, you are going to be hit with storms. Doesn't matter how much you pray, how often you fast, or how much Bible you can quote, none of that will stop you from encountering storms. Those things will help you to triumph over the storms, but they won't ensure that you avoid them. I'm saying that one thing you can be sure of in life is that you're going to be hit with sudden, unexpected storms. Jesus faced them. The Apostle Paul faced them. Every single man and woman of faith in the Bible faced them. So why would you think that you're exempt from the storms of life? Or why would you be surprised when one of them hits your life? Friend, we are living on a planet that right now is being ruled by the one that the Bible calls the God, little g, the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Now, as we've talked about before, his time is short, Jesus defeated him on the cross, and there's coming a day when he'll be removed from this world and cast into hell so that he'll never bother anyone ever again. But for now, you know, he's doing his best. He's doing his best to steal, kill, and destroy every chance that he gets. Now, I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, but it's important to talk about it again because so many believers are unaware of this fact. The truth is, friend, because you are a child of God and you're no longer a child of the devil, the enemy cannot just do whatever he likes to you. Okay? I'm saying as a member of God's family, listen carefully, the only influence that the devil has over you is that which you give to him. The only influence that the enemy has over you, friend, is that which you give to him. And one of the primary ways that we give access to the schemes of the enemy is by operating according to the flesh. And when it comes to unexpected storms in our lives, one of the primary ways people respond in the flesh is by yielding to fear rather than continuing to yield their lives to the Spirit, yielding or giving way to fear. So let's imagine the situation. You're going through life, things are going well, and then all of a sudden you're hit with a storm. Now, unless you cause that storm by acting in a whole lot of ways that were foolish or ungodly, you can be confident that this storm is coming from your spiritual enemy, the devil. And that this storm, whether it's a financial storm or attacking against your body or an attack on your relationships or your mind, that storm is designed by the enemy to pressure you. He wants to pressure you into letting go of your faith, your trust in what God has said. He wants to pressure you into not relying on the leading of the Spirit. But instead, he wants you to be controlled and led by your natural senses. 
and to stay afraid. That is what he wants, okay? He wants you to panic in that storm season. He wants you to freak out. He wants you to obsess on the problems, the issue, the circumstances, whatever that is coming against you. He wants you to get so into that so that you get your focus off of the word of God and off of God's promises and you ignore the promptings of the spirit and what he's trying to do in this situation to help you, ultimately, the enemy wants you to panic. Can you see that? He wants you to freak out. He wants you to start reacting out of fear. Now, why? Why would he, why would he pressure you into doing that? Because he's severely limited in what he can do in your life without the presence of fear. Okay, he's so much more limited in what he can do in your life if there's no fear there. But here's the thing. Many times the enemy doesn't need to create a storm to cause people to freak out, start operating in fear. All that he's got to do is get you and I anticipating a storm. And if we're not prepared for that, the results will be exactly the same. Let me repeat that because this is really important. I said that all the enemy needs to do in most people's lives today is to get them worrying about a storm, becoming anxious about a storm, focused on the possibility of a storm. And if he can get them to do that, he'll achieve the same response. We see this same kind of thing being repeated in people's lives over and over today. I mean, we are living in a day and age where people are being absolutely controlled by fear. Amen. I don't need to tell you about that. You've lived through it the same as I have. We saw that in the pandemic. We're seeing that today. These are very uncertain times. We're living in difficult, challenging times. People are on edge right now. They're, they're nervous. They're looking over their shoulder. They're half expecting at any moment for something else terrible to happen. Well, what is that? That's fear right? That's anxiety. That's worry having control over people's lives by the mere suggestion that something terrible might happen, even if it never does happen. And I'm saying that the enemy uses that kind of suggestion to keep people in a state of permanent panic and fear and dis-ease. Most of the time, he doesn't even need to send a storm your way to get you thinking something and freaking out. All he needs you to do is to start thinking about the possibility of hard times, the possibility of a tragedy, the possibility of problems. And all of a sudden, that fear, that anxiety, that stress, that dread, that panic, that worry, well, that will take care of the rest. Does that make sense? You know, last summer, because of the extreme heat and the high winds, a code red was issued for areas in the state of Victoria. And if you don't live here or you're not aware of that, a code red means that all the schools have to close, the kindergartens close, the elderly, those with asthma, uh, they're told to stay indoors. Why? Why do we go to all that trouble? Well, because there's the possibility of fires. Or there's the possibility that there will be a dust storm someplace and it will affect people with breathing problems. Okay, so a code red is issued and everything on the code red gets shut down. 
The radio stations, they start doing all these emergency broadcasts every half an hour, warning people about the dangers, telling them to stay indoors. But here's the thing. There are no fires. There are no dust storms and there are no emergencies. But there just might be. There might be. The conditions are right for that, for that to be a possibility. And so a code red gets announced. And what does that do? Well, it causes everyday normal people to become afraid, to be on edge, to freak out, to become all anxious and panicked. And what are they panicking about? They're panicking about something that has not even happened. So if nothing has happened... Why is everything closing? Why are the schools shutting down? Why is everyone told to lock themselves indoors? Well, because of what might happen. Because of a threat that might eventuate. Can you see how crazy that is? Now, I could use a thousand different illustrations to explain the same thing. It's no different from you and I going to WebMD to read up all about our symptoms and then allowing our mind to be tormented by what we discover. It's the same thing that happens when we listen to the news over and over and we allow those fear-based stories to disquiet our spirit and to move us from a place where we had peace and trust to now we're concerned, now we're afraid. And I want you to understand, friend, that this right here is the place where anxiety is born. Okay? You see, anxiety is the fear of what might happen or what could happen. It's not responding to an actual threat, but a perceived one. Anxiety is essentially a fear of the future. What if this happens? And what if that happens? Well, that's anxiety. It's related to a threat or some form of danger that has not yet happened and may never happen. But here's what I want you to know. Whether the threat, in this case we're talking about storms, whether that storm is a real storm or whether it's perceived, unless you bring your flesh your body, your mind, your emotions, your will, unless you bring them under the control of the spirit in that moment, unless you counter that storm threat with some kind of truth from the word of God and allow his peace to reign in your heart, your body and your mind and your emotions will begin to react negatively with fear and stress and anxiety and on and on and on. Whether that threat is real or whether it's just perceived. And that is why your spiritual enemy doesn't even need to send a storm your way to get you operating in the flesh. If he can just get you worrying about the possibility of one, if he can just get you anticipating difficulties, or if he can get you panicking that things are going to go bad and you're not going to make it through... Can you see he's trying all the time to get you to let go of your faith? He's trying to get you to give up on your peace, to get out of that place where you're trusting God to get back into the flesh and your own effort to control the situation and to become afraid. 
Now, in the story that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 7, we saw last time that the storm came and it beat against both of those houses. It was the same storm. It had the same intensity. And yet, the outcome was completely different, right? Talking about the house that was built on the rock, Jesus said, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. Why? Why didn't it fall? Well, because it had been founded on the rock. But about the house that was built on the sand, he said, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great and complete was the fall of it. Now, if you grew up in church, you would know that story has been told in Sunday school for generations and songs have been written for kids about building your house on Jesus the Rock and all of that. I remember singing them back when I went to Sunday school. And that sounds great and the principles are true. But if you look at what Jesus was actually saying here, you would understand that he's not talking right here about building your life on him. Although that is a good thing to do, right? He's actually saying, if you want to stand strong in the storms that are coming, you better decide today, while the sun is still shining, that you're going to do two things. And then Jesus gives us these two vital things to do to ensure that whenever there's a storm in our lives or the threat of a storm, We don't let go of our peace, we don't give in to fear, and we stay in faith, and we're led by the Spirit. Jesus says the way to ride out the storm, the way to triumph over the storm without losing your peace is by doing these two things. And here they are. Number one, Jesus says, by hearing these words of mine. That's what he says. And that's true because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. So Jesus says, number one, if you want to ride out the storm without losing your peace, firstly, you have to hear these words of mine. But secondly, he says, you've got to act upon them. You've got to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. That is what will make all the difference, according to Jesus, when the storms come and you're tempted to fear. But if you've spent time prior to the storm, building your life on the word of God, hearing what it's saying to you, believing those promises by faith and acting on the word and being led by the spirit rather than being led by your mind, your will, your emotions, you won't freak out when the storms of life come. You won't default back into operating according to the flesh, but instead you will draw on his strength. You'll maintain your peace and your joy, and you'll come through that storm in victory. Now, we'll look a whole lot more into this next time, but I just don't want you to forget from what I've shared with you today, that without the presence of fear in your life, The enemy is severely limited in his operations against you. When there's no fear, when you don't have fear and anxiety that's messing with you, the enemy is almost completely limited in what he can do to you. So, if you will refuse to yield to that pressure that comes to fear, 
And we all we all experience that, right? There is a pressure that comes to fear when the storms of life hit us. If you will refuse to yield to that pressure, you will prevent access to the enemy and you will find that things turn around for good so much quicker. So I want to ask you today, what is it right now that you're yielding to? What is it that you're focusing your attention on right now? What are you listening to? Because what we give our attention to ultimately controls our life. And if you want to walk in victory on a daily basis, you have to keep your attention, friend, your focus on the things of God and on his word. And you have to refuse to give time and attention or thought to those fear-inducing messages that the enemy is going to bring your way. He will bring them, but you don't have to receive them. Amen? That's the good news. He might bring those thoughts, but you never have to receive them. You don't have to yield to them. You can instead say, stay submitted and yielded to the Holy Spirit and be obedient to the Word of God. And in doing so, you're going to maintain your peace. You're going to be impervious to the schemes of the enemy. And you'll be able to stand strong with peace that surpasses understanding and a joy in your heart, even in the midst of the darkest of storms. And we're going to talk more about how to do that next time. But I trust that this message has encouraged you. I trust that it's built your faith. It's given you some tools and some tips to be able to triumph over the storms of life. Remember, it's all about what we're yielding to. We don't want to be yielding to fear. We want to be yielding to the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Well, grab a hold of that. May that be a blessing to you this week. And I'll talk to you again real soon.